Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. In your Bibles this morning, if you'll turn to the book of Acts, chapter 8. If you think about the way God speaks to you or how it, it seems like he directs you and the path that he puts you on, I want you to think about that here for the first few verses as uh, the Lord reveals himself to Philip and is sending on him a course uh, of, of discipleship, I guess we can say, to go and to meet with this Ethiopian eunuch. And we hear it a lot of times, and, and I think we say it out of, for lack of a better word, that uh, coincidence or luck. Uh, and it would be easy for us to say those things, even though we know uh, that God directs our path and uh, he leads us and he guides us and he shows us the way to go. But if you think about this exchange between Philip and this eunuch and how God orchestrates the plan to fit together, and God does the same thing with us, that he sends us at such a place at such a time. So I hope that we are receptive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit as he uh, leads us and directs us, uh, and to be ready uh, to, to pick up our cross and follow after him. Acts chapter 8, we'll start reading in verse 26. And it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is in the desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come unto Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in the chariot, read Isaiah the prophet, verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to, his, to this chariot. And Philip ran hither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept? some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep of the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generations? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse 34, And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. And I want you to grab a hold of verse number 35. If nothing else, I want you to grab a hold of it. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture 
and preached unto him Jesus. And preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way and came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me read that again. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And they were come up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Pray with me this morning. Heavenly Father, what an amazing revelation that we can see in your Scripture, and not just this Scripture, but Lord, as the divine Word that was given to man through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we can understand and we can look for guidance for this very word this morning. Lord, we as your church, as we open up our hearts and we come into this place and we, and we look for guidance, God, that you speak to us even through this very scripture that you tell us to go and you tell us to tell others of who Jesus is. God, that we would not try to complicate it, that we would not try to muddy the water, but that we would do as Philip did to this eunuch and just preach Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we have the scripture to be able to explain and to understand for us your word as, as you reveal yourself through it. We're thankful, God, truly this morning as we sing how great you are. How great you are. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So the way... The way this unfolded with the eunuch and Philip, and again, you can look at this story and you can see how God's timing works sometimes and how, how he orchestrates these plans and how Philip was at this certain place at this certain time. I think um, uh, Jake shared with us on Wednesday night that, uh, that Jesus was going and he needed to go through Samaria to the woman at the well, and, and that time at that exact place. And I wonder if God has ever used you in that exact way, that you just happened to be upon somebody and God used you and you spoke to them uh, for a word of encouragement or a word uh, to be able to lift them up, to give them hope. And I wonder if you ever thought of the magnitude of exactly how big that was of how God uses you and how he fits these pieces together. I think it's interesting here in the first couple verses as it starts there in verse number 26, that the angel spoken to Philip. That the angel of the Lord put up verse 40, 26, excuse me, up on the screen. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go. So God reveals himself to Philip, and he says, Okay, I want you to get up, and I want you to go. And maybe Philip doesn't understand exactly what's going on at this point. And I wonder this morning if many of us could testify that when God began to, in his, in his divine ways, began to direct us and guide us, and he began to show us the path, and he says, Okay, I want you to do this. And maybe sometimes we scratch our head, and we say, God... Now, why is it that you're wanting me to go and you're wanting me to do this? But we don't have any example of that as uh, here in this exchange with Philip. But in verse 27, it says, And he arose and he went. 
So I think there's a powerful message there for us that when we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us, when the Lord reveals to us through an angel, when the Lord reveals to us through a brother and sister in Christ and he gives us a path, Brother Dale, and he says, this is the path that I want you to go. I want you to get up and I want you to be doing my business. And sometimes I think God is yelling at me, telling me exactly what to do. And sometimes I feel like he's just whispering. And he's saying, get up and go. And I wonder sometimes if I just sit there and question and say, God, what is it exactly that you want me to do? I need to have a plan. Are any of you all planners? Do you make a list? Do any of you make a list and then lose the list? Make a list to go to the grocery store and then you get to the grocery store and you can't find your list. Sometimes I like to have things flying by the seat of my pants, but sometimes I like to have things in order and I want to know exactly what I'm facing And I wonder sometimes if we're too much like that with the Lord, whenever the Lord reveals himself and he says, okay, I want you to get up and and I want you to go, do we get up and go or do we sit back and we say, God, I need some more details. I need you to show me exactly what it is. And I wonder if in my mind is that for my lack of trust. I'm saying, okay, God, I need you to show me exactly what you want me to do so I know I can handle it. When God is saying, I just want you to be my vessel. I just want you to walk in faith, and I just want you, sometimes spiritually, we have to close our eyes. And even though there be steps in front of us, and even though there be stumbling blocks in front of us, that God is speaking, and he says, I don't want you to have to figure it all out. I just want you to be part of this kingdom. Let me worry about fitting all the pieces together. Let me worry about getting the other people in the place that they need to be. So this morning, as the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip, I think that he speaks to us, and he says, I want you to get up and go, church, and I want you to be about my business. I want you to be telling people about who Jesus is. Well, I don't know what to say. We don't have any, uh, we don't have any uh, uh, scripture here where Philip says, okay, God, what are you going to want me to say? What are you going to want me to do? Who are you going to want me to see? Who are you going to want me to go talk to? What's the words that I'm going to supposed to say? What kind of condition are they going to be in? No, Philip heard the word of God come to him, and he got up, and he went. So for us, church, this morning, when we hear God speak to us, and he says, I want you to go, then guess what? Get up and go. And say, okay, God, I don't understand it. And how many of us ever actually get it? From the beginning, we look back over things, and, and I can think of times where God has, has revealed things to me, and at the beginning of whatever that circumstance was, sometimes I felt alone or I felt scared, but then you felt God wrap his big old arms around you, and you knew everything was going to be okay. And you knew that God was right there by your side the whole time, that he walked with you when, when my son was born. I've shared this probably many times, but when my son was born, my wife started having a little bit of complications. The pregnancy was really easy on me. <clears throat> but we get down to the very end, and her blood pressure started going up. So I'm at work, and I call, and, and she says, you know, I just, don't, I just don't feel right. This was Sunday. This was Monday. Her due date was like Wednesday. So it was time. The time was drawing near. So I said, well, you know, she working at the hospital. I said, why don't you just go see the doctor and just, you know, what, what can it hurt? So she goes over to the doctor, and I, and I call before I left work that afternoon, and she wasn't at home. And even though most people had cell phones at that time, we hadn't gotten them yet, so we didn't have a cell phone yet. So I call her work, and now she's already left. 
okay, I'm going to be a dad in a few days, so panic begins to set in. Where is my wife? And she's probably giving birth right this very second, and I'm not going to be there, and what's going on, and I'm a worry ward anyway, so God, what, what's happening? So I drive up here, and I get up to the hospital, and I walk into um, the, the uh, what's the word, the baby, the maternity ward, and I walk through the door, and the, and the nurse is standing there, and she says she's right in here. So I look in, and they've got her all hooked up to monitors and stuff, and they're checking out the baby's heart rate, and it was going up and down and different things. And the doctor comes in, and he says, okay, you guys can go home and rest and come back in the morning, or you can just stay. So we decide that she's just going to stay. So I go home, get a change of clothes, and I can remember, and I could take you to the place where I was, and I'm a nervous wreck. I'm a ball of just nerves just tightened up, and I'm scared for my wife, and I'm scared for my unborn son, and I'm thinking, God, exactly how is this all going to shake out? How is it going to work out? Is everything going to be okay? And I'm scared to death. And I remember getting down in the floor of the house, and I prayed, God, there's nothing that I can do to control this, and I guess that's a problem for me because I want to be able to fix things. God, there's nothing I can do except that I know I need to be there for my wife, and I need to be strong for her. So anyway, remember praying, I get up, I go back over to the hospital, and sometime after uh, the baby was born, Eli was born the next day, everything was great. And I remember sometime after that, Heather saying to me, like, who are you? Because you're not nervous, and you're not tore up, and you're not worried. And during that time, I don't remember exactly how, Brother Clay, how God intervened in my life and calmed me down and soothed me. But I knew I had to be there for my wife, and I guess I was because God just miraculously worked it out. Now, going into it, I had absolutely no understanding of how it was going to work out. But whenever whenever I was able to look back, I knew that God was guiding me, and I knew that he was directing me, and he took over. And I don't say that to boast for me, but what I do say is that what God has done for me, he can exactly do that for you. Whether And it is, it's a nervous time at the birth of a child. It's a nervous time to watch the child go into surgery. It's a nervous time whenever we're in the middle of a global pandemic and we don't exactly know what tomorrow is going to hold. But the God that we serve is able to deliver us. When Moses, as we sang that song, when Moses came up to the Red Sea and he didn't know what was going to happen, but God delivered No doubt when Philip is approaching this eunuch, he didn't have all the pieces figured out. He didn't have the puzzle uh, all put together. And maybe if if Philip was like me, he was beginning to worry, okay, God, now what are we going to do? But he kept going. And he goes up, he goes up and he finds this, this Ethiopian eunuch, apparently a guy with some pretry good authority, that he was keeping the treasure of the of the queen of Ethiopia. So obviously a trustworthy guy. And he was returning in verse 28, sitting in his chariot, and he read Isaiah the prophet. And when the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to the chariot. So again, we see that the angel of the Lord somehow miraculously revealed himself to Philip in verse 26. And he says, go. So Philip gets up and he goes. And as he gets closer, then the pieces start fitting together because I think Philip moved in faith. So he gets up and he goes, and he begins to put things in action. And as he's going in action, did God forget him? No. God revealed him, and he says, there's the guy. 
There's the guy that I want you to go talk to. There's the guy that I want you to go witness to. And sometime maybe in your mind throughout your daily life, maybe you're at school or maybe you're at work or maybe you're in the grocery store and the Holy Spirit speaks out to you, Bill, and he says, there's the one I want you to go talk to. Uh Uh-oh. Now you mean that guy? Philip out, no doubt, in the middle of the wilderness as I picture it in my mind. And I would probably be looking around, okay, God, which chariot? There's only one chariot. Which one do you want me to go to, God? I want you to go to that one. Which man in the yellow hat and the yellow shirt do you want me to go to? That guy right there, that's the one I want you to go to. And in my mind, sometimes I begin to make up excuses. Oh, God, I don't know who that is. I don't know what their name is. How am I going to approach them? Sometimes I find myself, and it's kind of funny, I'll... I'll go to introduce myself sometimes, and I'm, I'm six foot eight, and I weigh 300 pounds. A big old dude, right? So I go to approach people, and I can see them out of the corner of my eye looking at me like, uh-oh. I think that happened one time with you, Sydney, didn't it? Did I scare you to death when I went? The first time I met Sydney, I'm going to approach her, and she's like, who is this guy? What's he doing? But our God in his infinite wisdom will break down those barriers. And he will begin to knock off those those rough edges and begin to calm that person. And maybe, maybe for an instant that person is just looking for somebody to love or needing someone, I should say, to love them. Maybe that person at that exact time is broken and they just need somebody to come and love on them a little bit. And we walk up to them and maybe... Like Philip, I think it's so interesting as the way that this story begins to unfold itself. In verse 30, and Philip was slow to get there to the eunuch. No, Philip ran. I'm reading that, and, it, and I just see this picture in my mind of the way that, that we as the church, that we approach service to God. I wonder if we are running toward opportunities to tell people about Jesus or are we kind of going slow and taking it easy. I wonder if when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, that's the one I want you to go see, do we take it real slow or do we get in a hurry and we say, okay, God, you're going to do it. I'm believing in you and I'm just going to trust in your hand. Philip trusted in his God big enough that he was willing to run toward the opportunity to serve. So I would ask you this morning, do you have that same faith in your God that Philip had that you would be willing to run to get to tell people about Jesus? Or do we shy away and I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing? I don't believe there was a bit of doubt in Philip at this point because he was willing to, you know, somebody could say, well, he had to run to catch up to the chariot, but he was still willing to run. It would have been real easy for Stephen to be sitting back and saying, well, I can't catch up with that chariot. That horse is running fast. Philip was willing to stop what he was doing. When the, when the angel said, get up and go, he was willing to go. When the spirit said, that's the one I want you to minister to, Philip went. So this morning, church, what I would speak to you in this context, be a Philip. Be willing to drop what you're doing and be willing to run toward the opportunity to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. So it just so happens, a coincidence happens. When he gets up to the chariot, the eunuch is reading scripture, and he could have been reading any scripture. He could have been reading anything. 
But he gets to that part, part to where in Isaiah it's speaking about Jesus, that he was a lamb that was being led into slaughter. And I think it's interesting the way that Philip walks up to him and, and to, in order to break the ice, he goes up and he says, in, in Stephen's terms, he's like, well, I hear you reading there. Do you know what you're talking about? Or do you know what you're reading about? And man, this eunuch, he just opens up the, the best door for Philip to be able to walk through. And isn't it amazing that that's how God works, that when we, when we are resolved in our mind and we say, okay, God, I'm going to do exactly what you want me to do. I'm going to run after this opportunity to serve you. I'm going to do exactly what you want me to do. Just give me the words to be able to speak. God, here I am. Use me. And we walk up to that person and we strike up a conversation. And before long, we begin to develop this uh, rapport with them. And God just opens up the door and you feel like you've known him your whole life. And you're looking back saying, why was I worried about coming talking to this person? That's how big our God is. That he can open up those doors, that he can break down those barriers, that he can create a kinship between you and somebody else when he has ordained a time for that person to get to him and he's going to use you. That's, a, that's an amazing opportunity, I think, for us that God uses us to draw people into his kingdom. Does God need all of us to be able to draw people? Not necessarily. He could use anybody in the world, any Christian in the world he could use to go speak to that lost person, but God chooses you, Brother Rick. Wow. Of all the saved people in the world that he chooses Brother Charlie to go talk to that lost person, that he uses the master chief to be able to spread the, the wonderful and the hopeful and the encouraging word of Jesus Christ. That God would pick you out of all the people. And that's pretty awesome to me. That's pretty amazing that God would want me and that God would want you. And God uh, uh, chose Philip to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of his plan, to be a part of someone coming to Jesus that God would call you. So Philip says, do you know what you're reading? And here the, the eunuch, he just opens up the door and he said, how can I know except someone should guide me? And I can imagine in my mind, if this is me putting myself in Philip's place, I can imagine a little bit of relief coming off of me and like a weight dropping off of my shoulders. And it's like, God, you did it again. I asked how this was all going to work out and I asked this guy, do you understand what you're reading and God just makes a way. Are we able to understand that? I'm not. Are we able to fit pieces together? Probably not. But that God would work out these things and he would say, how can I understand except somebody should guide me? How can I understand about who Jesus is unless somebody tell me about Jesus? How can I understand the love of Jesus Christ until someone shows me the love of Jesus Christ? How can I know what it's like to be able to stand and worship unless I'm with another, and not to say that we can't worship by ourselves, but unless I see other people worshiping and he can draw us near? How can I understand unless someone would show me? How can I meet Jesus until someone would introduce me to him? And that's where God gives us the opportunity, church, to be able to be that one to introduce somebody to Jesus. What an awesome responsibility. 
What an awesome opportunity that that is for his church. How awesome would it be to get to tell somebody, you know what? Let me tell you about a man that can take away your fear. Let me tell you about a man that can wrap his arms around you spiritually and he can wash away all your worry. Let me tell you about somebody that when I was scared and when I was nervous, he put his arms around me and he lifted me up. And today, because of that, I have hope in my life. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Time after time after time in our life, that God has proved himself to us and he has showed himself to be worthy of our praise, that he has showed himself to, uh, to, uh, to, to reveal his plan to us to fit all these promises together and to make it all work. And how that happens, I have no idea. But we have the opportunity to be able to tell people about how he's done it in my life. I can see examples in all of your life and I can give him praise for the great thing that God does uh, to each and every one of you, but when he does it to me and he gets personal with me and I get to experience him on an intimate level, man, there's nothing else like it. I love to hear other people talk about the goodness of God and how he has been good to them, but to be a little bit selfish, man, when he pours out those blessings upon me, whoo, how can I know except someone should tell me Today, I wonder if we don't live in a world of people that are looking for something. That we don't live in a world of people that are just like this, this, just like this Ethiopian eunuch, and they hear a little bit of the scripture and they wonder, how can I understand all this? I think we live in a world of people that might just be on the verge of salvation and all they need is someone just to come behind them and to give them just a little bit of encouragement, just to give them a, just a hand to be able to hold on to just to, reach, just to reach that one person to be able to get them in a place to where they can come just like this eunuch and give their life over to the Lord. The place in the scripture that he read, he was like a sheep to the slaughter, a lamb dumb before his shear. So opened he not his word, in his, humili in his humiliation and judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generations, for his life is taken from the earth. There's a little bit of a foreshadowing in there, who shall declare his generation. Maybe God is asking us today, who is going to, who is going to declare me in front of a lost world? Who is going to declare my goodness in front of that person that you work with that is going through some depression right now? Who is that going to be? Sometimes I think we're like some of the prophets that say, here I am, God, send me. Daniel, I think it was. Or are we like Moses? Here I am, God, send Aaron. <laughs> here I am, God, I want to be part of your kingdom and I want to do everything you want me to do. And then, calls, and then God calls up your number and you say, why don't you send somebody else? I don't feel good enough for this one. We're standing on the verge of introducing somebody to Jesus Christ, just like Philip is. How many times do we take a back seat and say, no, God, I don't feel adequate to be able to do that, and that person's soul is hanging in the balance? And the eunuch answered in verse 34 and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man. So now, just as we see all the time, We've got this eunuch, and he's curious. Okay, I'm reading this scripture. Uh, this man shows up right at this exact time. And again, I don't think the, the, the eunuch had all the pieces fit together yet. But here Philip shows up, and he says, okay, I'm reading this scripture. What's it about? 
Maybe somebody someday, maybe they won't ask you verbally, but in their mind they'll wonder, what is this about? You talk about you go to this church on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights or Thursday nights or some other time. You talk about this love that God has placed within you. Tell me about that. What's it about? Tell me about how God is working in your life. Tell me about how this Jesus that you talk about, what's he doing in your life? How is it possible for you to be able to face this world today and face it with a smile on your face and not be scared to death? How is it that you are able to do that? And the answer was so simple. Man, sometimes I want to make it so complicated. I want to be able to quote chapter and verse, and I want to be able to tell exactly what Jesus said, and I want to be able to, to use the Bible and, and to be able to speak it uh, uh, magnificently. I want to be able to use uh, big words, so to speak. But it's just so simple. And I can imagine, again, that, that maybe, and if I'm thinking about it as myself, Philip sees the door. And Philip opened his mouth. And he began at that same scripture where this lamb was going to be led to a slaughter. He began at this same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Wow. I wonder sometimes, church, if we are complicating it, trying to tell people about the Ten Commandments and then to tell them about all the rulers in the Old Testament and all those things that are great, that those, those uh, stories that we learned in, in uh, Sunday school when we were kids and all that stuff is well and good and we should be well-versed in all of the Scripture, but are we missing the point of simply telling people about Jesus? Are we missing the point somewhere along the way and we allow Jesus to get mixed up and get uh, uh, lost in the story or is he the story? Is he the focal point of what it is that we are talking about? How are you able to stand whenever the whole world around you is being uh, uh, smashing down upon you? I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I had a guy in my office one time and I know I've shared this before but it was so cool. He checked all the boxes he checked all the boxes. If you don't know, I work in a bank. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I work in a bank, and, and very, very rarely does somebody come in that their file is just slick as a whistle. This guy made good money. He had good credit. He was buying something, and, and everything just worked out. And I kind of stepped back, and I thought, I'm missing something here. It's usually not this easy. There's usually some piece of the puzzle that don't exactly fit exactly right, and, you know, then it takes my infinite wisdom to be able to place it all together, right? Well, anybody could have made this guy alone. I mean, his file was, was slick. And I knew the guy pretty well, and I looked at him, and I said, I said, I got to be missing something. I said, you got this, and you got this, and you got this, and everything is so good. I said, what's your secret? And I kind of laughed. He looks at me with a straight look on his face. And he said, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. You know, and, and just that simple word, and I've never forgotten that, but the, but, the, but the security and the faith and the hope and the trust that he had in his, in his voice and in his face when I said, what's your secret? How are you able to be this solid financially? How are you able to do this and that? And he says, it's all Jesus. And I thought, yeah. It is all Jesus. So this man, he asked Philip, he said, how am I going to know unless I understand it? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about somebody else? And I think Philip in his calmness, 
And in simplicity, he began to tell them about Jesus. The exact direction that every one of us should have in every aspect of our life, every opportunity that we come into contact, every chance that we have to be able to speak with hope and encouragement, the name of Jesus, we should take that opportunity. He just preached Jesus. So man, Les, when we begin to formulate in our mind, okay, I got to have three points. I got to tell him this. I got to tell him that. I got to tell Wipe all those things away and just tell him about Jesus and just say, hey, I know when I was hurting, here's the one that came to soothe my pain. I know when I was scared, here's the one that came. Thank you, Lord. I know when I was in darkness. Here's the light that came and shined upon me. So Philip just told him about Jesus. So I wonder today, if you look back over your life and those times in your life when you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you had an experience with Jesus, that face-to-face when maybe it was the first time you gave your life to him and you got to meet Jesus, or maybe it's one of the thousands of times that he has lifted you up out uh, out of the miry clay, so to speak. Some of those times that you have had an exchange with Jesus the Lord will give you the opportunity to speak to somebody that may be going through that same time. I tell people sometimes, I feel like God delivered me from drugs before I was addicted to them because I never had to go through that in my life. But I see other people that have been addicted to drugs and the Lord has wrapped his arms around them and he's lifted them up. You have a powerful testimony. For the person that is addicted to alcohol, you have a powerful testimony to say, here's who I was, here's who I am, and here's who I'm trying to be. That I'm walking forward and I'm looking to him every day. That Philip, he didn't take any of the credit for himself and he didn't say, well, you know, I ran a long way to get here. I had to run fast to catch up with a horse. No, he was giving all the glory to Jesus and he was saying, here I am to be the one that Jesus wants me to be. If you are today wanting God to use you, open your ears and open your mind because I guarantee you that he'll give you an opportunity just like he gave Philip to be able to share your faith. So they go on a little bit farther and I can imagine that the eunuch is beginning to fit all this stuff together. Maybe like you were whenever you were coming, coming under conviction and you began to fit some things together and you're like, okay, I remember when I was a little kid and me and my cousin were talking with my aunt and we were talking about in order to get to heaven, you know, you got to be a good person. You got to do this. And I remember my aunt turning around and looking at us and she said, yeah, all that stuff is well and good, but you have to be saved. And I can think in my mind going back to a young boy, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not. And maybe that was the first time that the Lord revealed to me his plan of salvation and how that I would come to faith in him. And maybe today this is the first time that you're realizing God is reaching out to you and you're saying, how can I understand all this? And I'm standing up here today to tell you that you don't have to understand it all. Just believe in Jesus. So the eunuch says, as they keep going on and they come up to some water, And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And I think that's interesting. What doth hinder me to be baptized? I think about that today, and I wonder what is hindering you from enlarging your relationship with Jesus Christ? What today is hindering you from coming to saving faith in Jesus Christ? What is between you 
and where Jesus wants you to be? What is that gap between what you are today and a saved person on the other side? And I'm talking to the lost people right now. If you know you're lost, I want you to think about this. What hinders me from where I am now to be able to get to heaven? I can tell you exactly what hinders you, and it's Jesus. What keeps you from getting to heaven, it would be that you don't give your life to Jesus. So the eunuch said, what hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, say all, all. not part of my heart. What doth hinder me from getting toward Jesus? If there's something else that I believe in my heart over my belief in Jesus Christ. No, if you believe with all your heart, I think it's interesting there in the way that Wayne says it, if if you get baptized before you get saved, all you're going to get is wet. What doth hinder me from being baptized and it being an outward experience? What doth hinder you from being baptized? Nothing is going to hinder you except that you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he lived a perfect life, that he was born of a virgin, he lived a perfect life, and he died upon the cross. And thanks be to God, after a couple days, Jesus rose again. And we believe that in all of our heart. Now, do we try to muddy up the waters and do we say you have to do this and you have to dip yourself in that water five times and you have to come up to this altar and you have to do this and that? Philip said all you have to do is believe with all your heart. Now, I believe in there there's a sacrifice that God may want you to take a step toward an altar to come to make it publicly aware but how can I understand all this? How can I fit all these pieces together? How can I know exactly what God wants me to do? What is hindering me today from being saved? And Philip says, if you believe with, your, with all your heart. So what I would say to you today, what is holding you back? What is hindering you? Because the Lord has laid out his entire plan of salvation before us. Praise team, if you guys want to come on back up. <clears throat> if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. It seems that that's a pretty simple statement that Philip said to him. We don't know exactly what all uh, Philip was able to tell him about Jesus. I can imagine that possibly Philip shared some of the miracles that Jesus performed. Possibly he shared some of the healings that he, that he performed. I believe that Philip probably took him uh, partially through the life of Jesus and he gets down to where he was, uh, 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 he was forsaken by one that he chose. I can imagine that he told him about uh, the passion of Jesus as he was going to the cross and I want to believe in my heart that Philip told him all about what the cross was and I believe that he told him about Jesus being risen. I believe that he told him that that tomb where they laid him, there was a big rock and there was an obstacle between where people were and where Jesus was. But thanks be to God, that rock was rolled away and they were able to see that that tomb was empty. So today, if where you are, there is a big obstacle between you and where God wants you to be. Maybe it's a big rock and you think, God, how is it possible with my God that rock can be rolled away? So I would ask you today, what hinders you? Because the rest of the story, man, is awesome. He commanded the chariot to stand still. They went down into the water. Philip baptized the eunuch, and he and he baptized and he, he, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. 
And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip when the eunuch saw him no more. But he went on his way rejoicing. That when this eunuch had had an exchange with Jesus, that he went on his way and he was rejoicing. Today, lost person, if you have lost your way, you can leave this place today rejoicing because you've had an exchange with Jesus. Maybe today you're like Philip. And you can hear the angel of the Lord speaking to you and telling you to go. And maybe you're a little bit afraid. As every, as every head is bowed today, maybe you feel afraid of what the next step is because you don't know where you're going. In the words of Acts chapter 8 and the Spirit, verse 29, and the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. This morning, if you are bowing your head and bowing your heart, and you are saying, God, where would you send me? I believe that God will give you that path and give you that direction. Maybe this morning you're like Philip and you're, you're wanting to be of service. But it seems like that the chariot is moving ahead a little bit. I want to encourage you this morning to run toward that service. And finally, this morning, maybe you're like this eunuch. Maybe you're hearing this story. You're hearing about this man, Jesus, and you're wondering, what's between me and Jesus right now? My word to you would be, nothing other than you believing would God have you take a step to this altar and, and bow your head most importantly bow your heart and say God I've, I've blown it I've heard you call my name and I've heard you call my voice and I've turned away but today God I want to make all that right so this morning lost person if you feel the Lord calling out to you and him wanting to develop a relationship with you. I believe if you take that first step, the Lord will be right there with you to take the second one and every other one. I believe that the Lord is drawing you because he wants you to be in his family. Not because he wants you to be called out in front of these people. Not because he wants you to be embarrassed. Not because he wants you to suffer, but because he wants you to be in kinship with him. That of all the people in the world this morning that he is calling out to you and he's saying, come. That God would love you that much. As all of us this morning stand to our feet, let's pray. <clears throat> that Lord, this morning you would have a desire for each of us to be in fellowship with you. That God, maybe this morning we have some Phillips here that have heard your voice and they want to take that step of faith and say, okay, God, I'm going to take the next step and God, I'm going to continue to serve you. Maybe, God, we have some of those eunuchs that think what's hindering me from being saved and through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, I know that you are drawing them right now and you're saying, come.
You don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to turn me away anymore. I just want you to come. We thank you, dear Lord, for the drawing power. That, God, we have a place in this church that we can come and we can bow and we can pray. And we can know beyond the shadow of a doubt. So this morning for your people, if you are calling them into an enriched service, God, let them come. Let them come right now. Come to this altar and say, God, I want to be a bigger piece. I want to keep working, and I want to hear your voice, and when I hear it, God, I'm going to respond. Lord, we love you this morning for all that you are and that you give us hope that we too, no matter how bad we've been, no matter how good we think we've been, that without Jesus we're sunk, but thankful that we can know him today. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hey, everybody, just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.